Lola. Hi. There have been cats that have been heard on this show. Oh, yeah? But never a dog. But never a dog? No. She's not a huge barker, but if she hears another dog outside, she That she'll go will. for it? Yeah. I kind of want her to now, actually. Like, that, that's the thing, is that I, I feel really like this is... really make her bark, but if you had food, she'd probably grunt at you. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll see, because, like, now I think that my listeners are just, like, not going to believe that a dog's here and that I'm just <laughs> making stuff up. She really does look like an Ewok She does. Oh, that's the thing. Like, I'm... I'm, I'm when she's gonna... scruffy, like, she... You will she... totally have to send me, like, your favorite photo of her, and I will put it into the show notes of this show to see to, to share with listeners the, the the presence that is that is in our midst this is like before she was groomed yeah 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 like no I got, totally yeah we got yeah we got to do that welcome to wherever you are my name is Ryan McNeil Toronto Canada you are listening to episode 146 of the matinee cast it's a movie loving podcast on my movie loving website thematinee.ca your home for cinematic passion and perspective uh, you know another few months went by and I found another movie lover in Toronto it seems to be something that happens every few weeks and I never get tired of it um, and as if that wasn't enough this one is a baseball fan too I wish uh, I wish people yeah that, that's, that's, that's verboten right now um, I, I wish you folks could have been there at uh, August pub night in Toronto when three of us just stopped talking about movies <laughs> in the late hours of a, of a Tuesday night and watched a, a barn burner of an end of a Blue Jays game and you have to get them to silence. put it on the tv first i know it wasn't even on. There, there was that but i mean you know ordinarily nobody's even looking up let alone <laughs> all three of us not talking just watching the, watching the movie um when i met today's guest uh, she was writing for uh, filmoria.uk she now writes for liveforfilms.com um, and um she's here with us uh, on a friday night uh, along with uh, lola her pooch who is now seems to be chilling out yeah Hillary Butler's on the show. How are you, Hillary Butler? Not too bad. I'm tired, so I, I long, long day. I'm gonna say this on air. I really appreciate <laughs> you coming out because we had like I think we had a grand total of two hours that we could have weaseled this 90 minutes pretty into. Pretty much, pretty much. To meet before my, I like go to sleep and then yeah, start my, my day tomorrow deadline. morning. So thank you so much for being here. Um, on episode 146, we are going to talk about room we are going to flip the record over to play the other side but first we need to learn more about hillary this is know your enemy all right share with the group what is the first film you can remember seeing in the theater all right so the first film i remember seeing the first film I remember being outside of the theater for, because I actually don't remember the film itself, okay. was Smurfs and the Magic Flute. My parents took me to when I was like, wee high. Okay. Which would not have been its first release, just so that I don't date myself, because it's a film from like the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Totally would have been like later than that. Okay. So, not that old. Um, but I don't actually remember the film. I think I remember The Jungle Book. Okay, but hang on. Let's let's hang on to the Smurfs for a second here because this is <laughs> this this interests me. First of all, um, you're reminding me that I once told my mom, "Aren't you glad that when we were in when we were children, we weren't into any annoying little cartoons or anything like that?" She goes, "What are you kidding? You were into the Smurfs." The Smurfs were awful. That sound that the music song and that was that. Well, that was the story. She said to me, "She goes, she goes in your head, sing the song." Like okay, and she goes now keep singing it. Yeah. Over, I was like oh over and over. oh, I'm like yeah. I'm really sorry. 
Um, but you on said a Saturday so, morning totally would have been the most obnoxious noise in the house. So when you say like outside of a theater, like did you see like did your parents took you to something? I remember seeing like the ban like a banner outside the theater and like the crowd of people, and that's all I remember. And so like, I have no idea how old I would have been. But it would have been a kind of thing where they they showed it like outside, almost like a drive-in or like no, a. No, I just remember like walking into the cinema and everything. Oh, but I don't actually remember what the movie itself was about, except for the Smurfs. Clearly, right, right. It was a flute. Involved. So yeah, so you would yeah you missed you must have been super young. If, I like, was if, really really young. If that's Memories that kind of faded. Okay, and this was where? Oh gosh! Like no, like in Toronto, in Toronto somewhere. Okay. Probably at like Scarborough Town Center or something. So, that uh, used to be the cinema that another, was traversed yeah. most. I get, I get a lot of the stories of, of <laughs> the theater attached to the shopping mall. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's, kind of, it's kind of a weird phenomenon. I'd say though that like the film that impacted me the most was when I went to the theater for the first time without my parents, okay. which was Jurassic Park. Okay, and how did that go? I loved it. When that guy gets eaten off the toilet, I was the only <laughs> one in the theater laughing. That's a hilarious, that's a hilarious moment. Right? But oh, I man. distinctly remember that, and I was probably 13. And you went, like, with 12. your friends? Yeah. or okay. I went with a friend. Okay. okay. Who was not even 13, so I don't know how she got in, but that's because I think it was PG-13 or AA. Whatever. Yeah, I was going to say, it would have it been okay. So I don't know how we got so in. snuck sneaking into Apparently. the Apparently. See, and that just makes it more, like, <laughs> forbidden fruit, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. going to make it that much better. Awesome. Um, what is the last movie you watched that is not one of the ones we're going to talk about on this show? Suffragette. Which I have heard. I, okay, I I look forward to seeing it because um, I, I think it's I think it's a good idea and I think it's a movie that's worth seeing. Um, but I have not really heard good things about this movie. Um, well, I'll put it this way: I saw Steve Jobs on the same weekend, so I said saw it on Saturday. Saw Suffragette on Sunday, and Steve Jobs was way better. Okay. Um, <laughs> and if you go for Meryl Streep, don't. She's in it for like three minutes. I was going to say, she's got like one scene and one speech, right? Which yeah, will and probably the, still, the speech is like 15 seconds Which long. will probably still land her an Oscar nomination, I'm sure. Uh, if it does, it would be for the least screen time possible. <laughs> ever. Which I think was like Judy Dench's like claim to fame or something. Yeah, and, yeah. She was in that movie for three scenes, I think, for yeah. a combined total of like 12 minutes. Yes. Of, of and so this love. would be like crazy. Even less. Um, tell people who might not know about suffragette like what it's about. Obviously, it's about suffragettes, but it is. It is about suffragettes. It is about Carrie Mulligan's character, English suffragettes at that because yes. there were American suffragettes too. Yes, and about the movement to get the vote and how much of a struggle it was and how much these women. So, somewhat spoiler alerty, I guess, but her husband like throws her out of the house. Like she's shunned by everybody that she knows. She loses her job. She's so it's about her particular struggle mm. within the suffragette movement and how she ends up becoming part of it. Okay. Um, I've heard there's some historical inaccuracies in I've the last part of the film, but to be honest, I'm not that familiar with them. So I, I don't think that matters. That's, that's not why I go to movies. You yeah, know, that, that's why I read not a history going for a, Exactly. <laughs> not going for a history lesson. So the end is rather dramatic, and it makes you kind of want to look up more. But it's actually, I mean, the movie is so poignant now. I mean, especially the past week, they were having all these articles about um, pay equality yeah. for women. Yeah. And the fact that in the UK from now till January, they're working for free. Oh, wow. In oh, comparison man. to their salary to men. Where yeah. does the movie, like without getting too deep into it, where does the movie lose it? Because I, I, I'm I, hearing mixed things at best. I just found it a little boring. That's unfortunate. I found that the, the I didn't really care for the the writing so much. Okay. And then maybe again, it was the contrast between Bad listening jobs. to yeah. Sorkin's yeah. writing and then the screenplay well, for this. It was just a little flat. Yeah. 
And I mean, we could have used more Meryl. Yeah, you could you could use more of a lot of things from what I understand. I'm I'm still gonna see it because you know I'm I'm completist and I think it's an important movie to to support. Um, but that's that's really interesting. Yeah, and and Carrie Mulligan is. I like her a lot, so that's good. Okay, that that you know I I can I can do with that for for the price of a matinee for sure. Yes. (laughs) Um, What's one of the worst movies you've ever seen? One of the worst movies I ever saw, which actually I wrote a scathing review on when I was writing for Filmario, was a movie called Passion with Rachel McAdams. I remember that and movie. Numi Rapace, yeah. And it's a Brian De Palma film. Yeah. That is a crazy, crazy that movie. movie. Yeah. So much. <laughs> the way it was shot, it felt like it could have been in someone's living room. Like the whole, like just, it, no, didn't do it for me. Uh, and, I, and I mean that, and I say that in a cinematic sense. I mean, you could look at movies like Sharknado, which is obviously truly awful. Yeah, this is a movie that seems but to be I trying. Love, yeah, but I oh, yeah, love oh, yeah, because it's so awful. Right. Um, but yeah, this was a movie that was totally trying, and just I, I came out of there and I was like, "What was that?" It's it's trashy but not in a good way you know what i mean like yes. i, I kind of feel like there's there's a place for good trash but this just seems to be the wrong type of trash oh yeah and i saw that at, at the toronto film festival so yeah I yeah just, i came out of the theater and i was like that was the worst thing i've seen at the festival for years oh man <laughs> man oh man no it's and there's like like I've, I've tried to put a lot of it out of my mind, but I, I seem to remember that there was, like, some scenes where it was, like, some really kind of steamy interactions between Numira Pace and... Um, yes, and, and, Rachel and, and Rachel McAdams. And I'm like, you know, on paper, that should be the draw. Yeah, it should work. To- but no, no. no it's, there was everything was bad about that film. Yeah. Even the acting was bad. No, and, like, they're not awful actors. They're just... Oh, man. No, I that's a, that's a good material. one. Yeah, okay. That's a, that's, that's a good call for that one. Um, what is the classic or essential movie you have not seen? You're grinning. This is Silence it. of the Lambs. Wow. I would, okay. I would okay. say is is one. Okay, let's let's stay there because that's that, that's a newer selection that, that we don't yep. tend to get. Um, now, okay. So first of all, you picked a scary movie. Are you are you a chicken? Don't like horror. Yeah, yeah? absolutely. Okay. Total okay. chicken. I have read the book for Silence of the Lambs, so I'll, I'll say that. So then you know what's coming. Yeah. Oh, but, but oh, just yeah. Okay. Don't need the. You don't need the visuals, the visuals to go along with what's already in your head. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. And but like even despite it's a best picture winner, it's got you know like best actor, yep, best and actress. Actually, and I I seem to remember actually watching the Oscars that year, even that young. Yeah. And uh, I'm always intrigued by those stories, but I cannot watch the films. So like seven, haven't seen that either. Oh wow! But it's amazing. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, it Can't is. Watch it. it is. Um, <laughs> it, well, okay. See, the other thing as well, of course, is with movies like this, they're more, they're more frightening because they're they're semi plausible. Now, I mean, Hannibal Lecter does some really bananas, you know, acts in that in that movie and you know in the show and everything like that. Um, but it because it's all not grounded because it's like it, it's it's still fiction it's still very fictional mm-hmm. but because it's so much more plausible mm-hmm. than like a boogeyman or, or a yes. ghost story or something like paranormal activity that's where those things bother me okay more. yeah yeah no I, I get that I I actually did see it at a reasonable young age but I saw like the television edit so a lot of the really intense stuff yeah, yeah. was was missing maybe that's the version I need 
I think so. Like that's the thing. Like <laughs> that I, you might know, be the version that I really yeah. I, I, like, I still find that there's a place in. for those kind of edits of, of shows that you can introduce kids to some stuff that's maybe a little bit above their level, or or to people who get frightened really easily. Um, you know, maybe watch them with some lights on or something like that. Get the boyfriend over and just like you know, getting get in nice and cozy. Yeah. Um, that's no. That that's a that's a good one. I I would say give it a try sometime. If, yeah, you know. I mean, it's, I actually really enjoyed the book. I, I remember reading the book in university, my first year of university. Yeah. And, no, like, I, really enjoyed it. I should reread that. I haven't read that book in a long time. Yeah. And I have a copy, too, so that would be a good one. It's a good book. Sansa Lambs, last but not least, what is the film that, for any reason, you wish you'd made? See, now, this was a tough question. Thank you. I don't... That's why. So, so I ask it. Yeah, it was a tough... And I'd love to say something, like, completely, like, artsy and, mm-hmm. like awesome no keep it on but i totally i just because i most recently read this book and loved it and also because of my love of matt damon i'm gonna say i'd like to spend a day with him on mars and shoot the martian okay because i love matt damon just that much (laughs) that's that that is a good one me and a camera Um, and matt damon and that's it and that's i was gonna say it's a it's a cast of one well except that really scott films with three cameras and uh, no but this is your version right (laughs) this is my version in your version of, of the martian it's it's more verite you know, it's it's right. you just and the camera. Sing, single you know. shot. Just yeah, exactly. Maybe you know, maybe maybe a sound grip just to kind of keep things on I the guess. level. If he has to be there, <laughs> that'd be fine. Um, are you one for sci-fi? Like, uh, like, you know, obviously, I know where you're going with that um, intonation, but like, is if you were yeah, to make yes, movies, actually, yeah, yeah, um, yes, I've always been one. For, oh, gosh, for Star Trek and. Star well, not as much Star Wars actually. Like Star Wars. Man, you're you're deep in the minority right now because it feels like everybody from that is coming out of the woodwork. I know. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been watching that stuff since I was a kid. So there's one more reason to make it. So yeah. And uh, and go to work. And that book was amazing. And you know what? When I was at the press conference and stuff for the Martian this year, um, Andy Weir is the writer of the book, he he was so funny and just so like laid back and like he would have been an awesome guy to work with did you like did, were people talking to him a lot because i find that first of all the the, the press conference for that was huge like yeah. there were there a lot of people yeah. for that did anybody ask the, the author anything the moderator is very good at making sure that people. everybody gets a shot oh, okay at saying something. okay and he and he's a funny dude he was it just i mean just as he comes across in the book right? okay so there's a lot of good sarcastic humor in the book that they do portray in the movie nice um but that that was just all him okay okay well you know i i do wish you at some point in your life your little uh, solo project with with matt damon so awesome. i I, th- I think so too lola's chilling out now so clearly it's time to move on to the next <laughs> section um we're gonna do the new slang right after this come on back we're gonna talk about room after this short break Not to be confused with The Room, people. That's a very different movie. Don't do it. It's directed by Lenny Abrahamson. It's written by Emma Donahue. It's based on her book of the same name. It stars Brie Larson, Jacob Tremblay, Joan Allen, and Bill Macy. Room stars Brie Larson as Joy. She's a 23-year-old woman who was kidnapped and imprisoned at age 17. Uh, She's kept in a shed in her captor's backyard and eventually gives birth to a son named Jack. 
Our story begins on Jack's fifth birthday when he's played by Jacob Tremblay. He's reasonably well adjusted to a life in the room, but day by day, Joy longs more and more to get her son out of such squalor. Eventually, she maps out an escape, allowing she and Jack to reunite with her mother and father and try to acclimatize to life in the outside world, which seems to be easier said than done. Could have been very easy to sell room as a sort of imprisonment story, uh, as a kidnapping version of 127 Hours or Castaway, where the onus is completely on whether or not this mother and son will escape from their prison. But that's not what this film does. Uh, as we just talked about off air, from its poster to its descriptions to its trailer to its very structure, the crux isn't whether or not Joy and Jack will get out, but what will become of them when they do. So, pop quiz, hot shot. Uh-oh. <laughs> Does it lessen the impact to know that Joy and Jack escape? Does it help the process, or does it do something else entirely? Hmm. That's a good question. I, I, I would say watching the film, I didn't think that knowing that they escaped made that scene where they do any less intense. But now I had read the book, so I knew what was coming. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, but, I, but even still, like, you know, seeing in the trailer and everything like that, that you know that they, you know, have a world outside of the room, I, I don't think it really did detract. And, I mean, I think, as you said, like, that it's, it's not an imprisonment movie. It's about the kind of sequelae of being imprisoned Mm -hmm. so i don't think it lessened it no and i mean i read the book before i saw the movie i actually didn't know a thing about it i just knew that it was a book that they had turned into a movie and by the time i read the book i knew that it had won people's choice at tiff so i was like okay well i guess i'm really catching up with this now and i didn't know that it was just the two of them i didn't know that it was that the book is told from from jack's point of view Mm -hmm. And I just kind of went into it and it was cool to see it unfold and to see them and and to see the story be about them getting out. But by the time I realized, okay, they're out, they're out for good. And I still have half a book to go, (laughs) you know, that really sealed it as I don't want to say an unimportant detail because it's it's the turning point of the story, Mm -hmm. but it's not what it's about. And I think it would have been so easy to make either one, either the book or the movie, very much about whether or not they get out. Yep. You agreed to do this show uh, quite readily, so I, I take it you dug the movie. Oh, yeah. Well, I loved it, and it was actually, I, I voted for it for people's choice. Um, and actually, I took a friend to go see that movie who had a very young, who has a very young son. He's, oh, man. He's four. Okay. Um, so for her... She must have been in bits. Yeah, yeah. She was a she was a disaster, and so like watching it through her eyes was actually interesting, too, because she hadn't read the book, she didn't know what was coming. She this was a completely new kind of story for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but that theater, so it was premiere night um, when I went. That theater was <laughs> um, sobbing everywhere. Okay, just you could just hear sobbing. Right through like that whole like middle section, like when they finally get out, and then they're reunited yeah because because for anybody who hasn't seen it yet jack is the uh the catalyst to the escape she figures out that the best way she's she's constantly revisited by her captor this guy who we know is old nick and she figures out that the best way for them to get out of this room out of this prison is by faking jack's death 
and basically wrapping him up in this rug and saying, you got to get him out of here. You got to go bury him. So Jack gets out first. Um, and then, you know, Jack manages to get away and, and they are reunited. And it's really intense because mm-hmm. you, you're not sure if Jack's going to be able to pull it off. He's out in the world for the yep. first time and every, like everything. It's like sensory overload. Yep. For this kid, new. and actually, and that's the thing. Actually, I think when I think back on the film, that scene of sensory overload of bright and loud and movement, movement for the for this child. That. Yeah, exactly. He's you know she has to try and instill in him at five years old what it's like for a car to be moving. That's that's some really really effective filmmaking mm-hmm. in that scene. I saw it well after you. I saw it on commercial release, but. Um, same sort of thing. The theater was quite full. Everybody yep. was really into it. It was a really, really attentive crowd. Um, a lot of women. Everybody was like really, really wrapped. Did they have like the collective sigh of relief because there was totally like a, like a decrease in like everybody's shoulders just kind of went back what? down after after that I, section of the I movie. I didn't notice like, actually. They I were didn't. Like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, I, I didn't notice. I think. Because I knew how the escape went and everything like that, like I probably should have been looking around. I remember it's kind of funny because, like I mentioned earlier on in the show, I mentioned 127 hours, and when I saw that movie the second time, mm-hmm. um, I started looking around at other people, like during the cutting scene, because yeah. I wanted to see other people's reactions. Um, but I didn't do that for this movie, even though I knew I should have. When I wrote about this movie, um, one of the things I zeroed in on was after they escape, the uh, the first doctor that they see talks mm. about how he wants to work with Jack to get him used to the outside world. He mentions that kids are plastic, mm-hmm. right? And that of course the parents are not. I was interested when I watched the movie that because Donahue got to write her script, mm-hmm. you don't often get that where the author gets nope. to write the screenplay. It was interesting to see her turn the story from the child to the mother. Yes. Now, I would say I probably read the book maybe two or three years ago mm-hmm. it was like, so you read it when it was this, just a book yeah, you're, you're way is, ahead of me <laughs> this is going back you saw long. the movie at tiff you read the book and it was a book yeah hey man, man. I'm right on the cusp of things you know yeah, i know I'm, man. Just, I'm in it um <laughs> no. it was um i actually had to go back and read about some of the differences that were between the book and the film because i didn't really recall it yeah. um quite as much and actually reading about it did make me remember that it was all more from his perspective and some of the things that were special between him and her that weren't quite in the in the film but were alluded to mm-hmm. um, but didn't quite make it. Her journey after the escape is a little bit more dramatically interesting. Yeah. The film. Yeah. Right. There, there would be a lot of internal narrative from Jack's perspective that in the book make it very interesting because he's discovering so many new things but you can only take that for so long on screen like oh boy it's a car oh boy it's snow like all those things that's other are, children yeah it's other children it's i can play that stuff's great but her story was much more interesting and dramatic from a film perspective I yeah think. like you know the way you explain it that way it would be interesting like that that would make for for something i think for for a child to be experiencing childhood really for the first time um outside of just his own but it's not quite as weighty mm-hmm. i don't think as, as a film so putting the and and on top of that he wouldn't understand what she was going through he would just understand that mom seems out of it or yeah. mommy seems sad yeah um 
letting us stay with joy, I think, was a, was a really good idea. Mm-hmm. And, and getting the complexity that, that she goes through, you know, the, the escape was kind of the easy part. It's one of the reasons why it's in the middle of the movie and why we're able to talk mm-hmm. about it is that just getting out is not the end of yeah. the story. Um, kind of half the battle. Yeah, yeah. So for me, like I, you know, I did them much more closer, much closer together than you did, um, and that was that was something that I really, really liked. That they we we shifted the focus away from Jack because he is plastic and he will adapt, yeah. and thought long and hard about um, what uh, what Joy's going to go through. It's it's interesting that because she was the one who did the screenplay for that, that she had the focus to kind of do it and turn it around because like. The, you get that into a situation. No, you get into a situation, and one of the reasons why oftentimes they say authors shouldn't adapt their own work is because they're afraid to cut things or they're afraid to change things or they get what have you. Exactly. Yeah. But she actually said at, at the press conference was that she wrote the screenplay for this book long before anyone even approached her to do a movie, huh. and she did it that way because she she didn't want anyone to talk her out of doing it. Huh. I like. I almost wonder if that would be a cool exercise of. Take your take your work, turn it into a screenplay, change things. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're not gonna you're not gonna dramatically change things. Like the spirit of one is very much in the other, but it gives you an, a way to kind of play with the form. It, it absolutely does. I mean, I've got a friend who's writing a novel um, right now, and actually, one of the things that one of her mentors told her was, uh, write a screenplay. Yeah. Do it as a screenplay and see where that takes your characters. And she actually ended up writing a massive script. Hmm. That's really cool. <laughs> So she uses it as a tool all the time. Um, Brie, Brie Larson is amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like we're going to talk about another one of her movies in a bit, but I kind of feel like this might be her coming out party. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a tough role. This is more than just be panicked and be sad. Like mm-hmm. she's got to do a lot. Uh, yeah, absolutely. In, in this movie, um, like, was there anything about her performance that kind of jumped out at you in this movie, or, or anything that like, you for, come across? For me, it was about how she cultivated the relationship with Jack. Jacob Tremblay, okay, and how that worked on screen. Because that's everything. This movie, like above anything else, is like a love story between mother and son, right? So, if you don't have that chemistry, that relationship, which you have with this, I think he was eight when mm-hmm. he filmed this this if you don't have that relationship with that kid the movie's done yeah yeah <laughs> it's yeah. done right now they found a like spectacular kid like just amazing um, but she was the one that needed to to pull together that relationship because that doesn't come from the kid that comes from her it's kind of crazy because i feel like when the movie lets them out um we lose something mm-hmm. um when they are when it's just them in the room um, she's got to go through so many different methods of parenting, you know, um, so often. Like, she's there's sometimes where she has to be a disciplinarian and she mm-hmm. has to be, you know, the, the playmate and she has to be, you know, the, the you know, eat your, eat your greens and you know, they, they don't really have any greens, but eat your food <laughs> and, 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 you know, don't leave anything behind. And yeah, this is, you know, I know the cake doesn't look like what you want, but trust me, it works. But, and, and you can't get away. It's not, you know, she has to do all this and I'm sure parents always have to go through this, but at least parents can step away for a second. Mm-hmm. They're not living usually, in, they're not raising children in like a bachelor apartment the size of a shed. And she makes all of that believable. She, yeah, and she, very honest, right? Very, like, you know. There is frustration sometimes behind that persona where she's just 
yeah, at would, her wit's end. Understandably so. Really impressive considering that she's very young. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's not the kind of thing you see out of an actress her age usually. Um, no, it was it was amazing. And I, you know, I, I kind of hope that this is the beginning of something new for her. She's got a long track record. She does. Behind but her, but it's all these little... people know who she is. No, no, they're, they're all these little bits and bobs. Like people, people, the general audiences might know her best as like a little side character in 21 Jump Street. Yeah. Which, or Community. Or, yeah, or, yeah, I was going to say, she had a bit part of Community. I recognized her as uh, Envy Adams from Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's where I know her yep. best from. And then, yeah, as I was going through her filmography, I was like, holy crap, I've seen you in this and I've seen you in this. Um, but no, she's amazing in this movie. Um, do you think we see too much of Nick in this movie? That was the one thing I, I got to thinking about today is I, I don't know if it would have made things better or worse if he had been um, not less of a presence because he's important in the grand scheme of things. But I almost wanted to see I didn't really want to see his face. Yeah, I could see that. But it, like, he, might, want, he might have been slightly more menacing. I guess almost. I mean, he's menacing in and of himself, but he would have been more so had you not seen his face. So is that better or worse than what we see? Because the the dumb thing about when we see him is he looks like a he looks like a dweeb. I think that the portion of the film where they're in the shed is a little bit more condensed than it was in the book. And and I read the book a while ago, but it felt to me like the portion of them in the shed was a bit longer in the book. It's about half. But so I felt it was like a little bit more compressed. There's actually things that they skipped out on yeah. with old Nick that weren't in the movie. No. But I feel like that was maybe just because it was squished it, down. A yeah, bit. it could have been. It was long. It might it might have changed the focus. But it's. <sighs> I was already seeing him. Like, yeah. Because you, you want to hate him. You do. And that's, and but I like I just I hate the whole idea of him. I didn't even want to give him a face. It's kind of like I guess the only reason I can think to explain it is it's kind of like when um, when a criminal does something heinous and you don't want their name to get out in public. Sure. I thought this is an awful human being. I don't want to give him a face. You know, obviously there's an actor who's there and you're paying him, so yes. you might as well do it. So you know, <laughs> he's, he's on the payroll. He should be on the screen. Yeah. Did you ever feel like Joy's struggle was a little bit shortchanged? In the sec in the second half, it seemed a little bit choppy. I, feel, I guess without giving things away. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I wanted like maybe one more grown up conversation. Yes. Between like if, if nothing else, between her and Joan Allen as yes, her mom. And her who, mom. who yeah. by the way, Joan Allen is amazing in this movie. We yeah. haven't talked enough about Joan Allen, um, who becomes the like you 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 see where Joy gets it. Yeah. When you meet Joan Allen as her mom as grandma. Um, you, you totally see where this woman mm-hmm. got her her ability to mother, but I feel like there was something there that's also not in the book, so it might have been that's true. so it might have just been hard to kind of come up with from zero. Yeah. But watching it as a film, and, and it feels crazy because we're we're pulling on these threads, but at the same time we both love this and they're, movie and they're so minute. Right? I know. Like well, I, I don't know if are. this is minute. Like, minute would be, I don't know how Jack would have acclimatized to a world in, in two days. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he's done with those sunglasses pretty quick. <laughs> That's minute. <laughs> this is something more of, something more that I wanted from this movie. Um, so you wanted a little bit more of what she was going through in the second half. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And it's, and yeah, I and I don't know, but at the same time, I don't know. Besides a conversation, I don't know what else. Yeah, and I guess I'd like to have seen more about how it was going to resolve itself. 
I don't know that it ever is. Like that's that's the kind of crazy <laughs> thing about this movie and and this whole story. Like the, the the book is that you can tell that no matter what, this is going to be a gigantic part of this mm-hmm. mother and son's identity until very very long from when this movie ends off. Like they're going to carry this for decades, mm-hmm. and it's going to shape who they are and how they relate to people. And that I think is the you know the, the movie ends quite hopefully. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's it's a Absolutely. very very optimistic and uplifting ending. But at the same time, you're sitting there, you know, you, your brain just thinks just that little bit, and you're like, you're both still yeah. kind of screwed. Are you going to be okay? No, and like, I that's... don't I don't know that they are. You know, like he might be eventually, think, but he's going to have he some fresh shit in there. <laughs> it's it's true. But if you can, like, I don't remember much from when I was five, except for apparently seeing the Smurfs. But that's was... like, <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that's well, it. it's like the doctor says, right? The kid the kid is plastic, but. You know, still, that's going to be, like, you know, you're going to have, that, that's some that's some clinging. There's some developmental things that just wouldn't have happened. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's got a cute dog. You're a vet, so I'm sure the dog probably enamored it's itself too. a cute too. dog, yeah. Seamus, right? That's yes. the dog's name? Yeah. That is And I actually really loved dog. that scene when Jack meets Seamus? that dog. Yeah. That, that was a pretty cool scene. I think of the first time, like, I mean, animals are so ingrained in our lives and everything. I can't remember the first time I saw a dog, but... My, going to. my first memory is of me seeing a turtle. My, like the, really? early, the earliest thing I can remember, and not just a turtle, but a tortoise. Like I remember oh. the, the, the turtle being like as big as me. Yeah. Um, but that's the, so it's funny that you mentioned that like animals are so ingrained to us as children because that's the first thing I can mm-hmm. clearly remember. Yeah. Um, and that would be, you know, he's, he's, Jack is struggling with the difference between what's the TV world and what's the real yeah. world. I think that that's actually kind of a, a cool thing that this movie does is give a child a crash course in what is reality, reality. right? When his reality has only been four small walls mm-hmm. and he's now got to learn it all. And the skylight, yeah. And he's now got to learn it all. <laughs> Skylight's important. In- including, <laughs> including, like, including animals, yeah. including other people, including animals and, and what they could do. So yeah, the, the introduction of Seamus is, is pretty darn cool. Mm-hmm. And how he how he comes to him and everything like that. It's like, I think it's good that it's a well-trained dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, no, seriously. Was, like, jumping all over him. It would probably right. be a little bit. I mean, I like, I was scared of dogs when I was a kid and it was because some of my first interactions were with like really, really not well-trained German shepherds. Oh yes. Well, who, that makes a huge difference. Who would like run at me <laughs> and then I would run and which would make things worse. Right. We, we haven't really talked about Trombley. We, like, uh, yeah. how, like, how did he come across for you? I, I loved, I was like, how young can you be to get an Oscar nomination? Um, I think as long as you have a speaking part, because you're fine. that kid, um, so he's from Vancouver, he's Canadian, okay. so yay Canada. And <laughs> we should say that that film was shot in Toronto. Yeah, um, which it's supposed is to be Ohio, awesome. but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's Canadian. You author can as clearly well. see the Don Valley Parkway. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I know where I know <laughs> where that hospital is. Yes, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. Um, and they were they were actually very proud of the fact it was shot um, in Canada, and and uh, Emma. Um, the author lives in London, Ontario, oh. um, as well. But Tremblay. Um, he he, I think has an apartment in Toronto now. Actually. Oh, okay. I think they live in Toronto now. Yeah, I mentioned I saw something in a news, in a newspaper article. Though maybe it was just for when they were here shooting the film about Brie Larson coming over to his apartment. Okay. Um, but they did a lot of prep together. They actually went to the set of where they were shooting in the room in the shed and actually built like a lot of the little like 
toys and like little set pieces and like played the drawings with Lego and stuff like that. Okay. Did all that stuff together like prior to shooting, um, just again to kind of cultivate that relationship. And they are so cute together at, <laughs> at the <laughs> press conference. You know, he he was uh, someone at the press conference asked him like how he liked the film festival, and he was like, well. I love it. There's lots of people here. It's like Disneyland. It reminds me of Disneyland. And Brie Larson was like, there's no rides here. <laughs> and he was like, that's okay. He's like, I just like the people. I like the crowds. Oh, wow. Which, like, he was so well adjusted. Well, he, and that's, you know, Zach wouldn't care about rides. If he, like, he would just, he would totally sit there and just watch no. people go here and there. So that's actually kind of apropos. Yeah. Um, he just seems so well adjusted. Like he literally sat there in his in his little shirt with his hair all coiffed and just sat very quietly and you know picked his water up with both hands because he's <laughs> still that small, small and you're right. just like oh my gosh. He's um, the press was going nuts for him because they were all like oh look how cute he is. Well he's even in the pre- even in the press gallery they were going nuts. It's um you know it's it, it's a hard thing to nail because if you if you cast the wrong kid this movie caves. Oh. Absolutely. You know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, juvenile actors who just yeah. grade on your nerves. He and, doesn't get along with Brie Larson. The movie caves. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> even even just think there's there's more than a, more than a few times where the kids got to act out, mm-hmm. and if you pick a kid that that, that bothers you in those moments, yeah. he he has to he has to wear on your nerves, but he can't annoy you. Yes, and that's such a hard thing to do. So the the fact that this kid did it. He the has, fact that the director was able to get it yeah. and, and that um, Larson was able to roll with it is really yeah. impressive. He, he has like an emotional depth to him that is crazy yeah. considering his age. Yeah. I'm like, I'm really anxious to see how this movie keeps on doing as it rolls out. Like it's, it's only been playing in a few theaters and a few theaters. And I imagine that um, when award season rolls around at the end of the winter that this thing is going to expand. We'll be hearing a little bit more about it. I hope so. I really do. Um, but obviously we, we both dig this movie a lot. We end our reviews, and I'm probably going to have to go first here because I didn't tell you about this. Uh-oh. We end our reviews with what I call a souvenir, either a tangible or intangible item or shot or a scene or anything from the film that if you could keep, if you could extra, somehow magically extract from this movie and keep... I got mine. Uh, okay, good. Um, <laughs> then you would. So I, I'm gonna, in that case, I'm going to let you start. What would be, uh, Hillary Butler, what would be your souvenir from Room? I take the tooth. Why would you... Okay, I got to admit, that grossed me the hell out. Why would you take the tooth? That... That is a... T- so in the film, he... Uh, Brie Larson gets a bad toothache and her, her tooth ends up falling out and the kid keeps it as like a part of his mom yeah and so when he's out there trying to escape and to save them he clutches to this tooth and in the book i think it play it, it gets mentioned more than it yeah. does in the in the movie um but that's like a a tie between both of them so yeah okay, okay. fine a little no, no, bit no, gross no, yeah okay but the tooth was like a huge symbolic kind of okay piece of her that he carried with him. All right, all right. Um, well, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna see you and raise you because I want that dog. <laughs> I, I want, that you is have this dog. no, no, no. That dog is way too attached to you. Um, 
Seamus is an awesome dog. He's the kind of dog that I want. A little shaggy kind of mutt. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if I was to take a souvenir, I want I want the dog. Um, we rate here on the matinee cast on a scale of, that sounds so horrible. <laughs> I'm taking the tooth and you're, you're stealing a dog. dog. This is, this is yeah, yeah it's good. We're we good rate people. here on the matinee cast on a scale of one to four stars. Hillary Butler, what do you give room? Oh, am I allowed half stars? Sure. I'll give it three and a half. Me too. Um, like, as I think back on it more and more and more, it's kind of creeping up closer to four. Yep. I wonder if I hadn't read it first, if it would have been a four. It's a, like, uh, it, it's... It's a movie I really hope people see, and I really um, look forward to revisiting. But um, I, it just didn't quite get there for me. And as I said, those little threads that we pulled, mm-hmm. I wonder if you know. I, I it, again, I enjoy the first half of the movie. And I enjoy it all, but it's more than the second it half. It didn't quite move me the because, way yeah. it should. And a movie like this, it's supposed to. So. Um, but listen, we're both crazy with this movie, yep. so for the love of God, go see it. Yes, please. Um, and let me know what you think of this movie, Ryan at the Matinee, or Twitter, where I'm Matinee underscore CA. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Room, not The Room. I cannot stress that enough. Um, but come on back in just a second. We're going to talk about two more movies when we turn the record over. Hillary's choice and the other side to go along with Room uh, is a fairly obvious uh, connection. And it's from 2013, directed by Justin Daniel Cretton. It is short term 12, um, which also stars Brie Larson. And uh, you were saying that like, you finally saw it for the first time mm-hmm. just like a few weeks ago? Exceedingly recently. Even, even sooner than that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, you weren't watching it on the drive over here, were you? You no, didn't have it going on like your no, phone. No, not and at all. Like, um, tell yeah. people what it's about, because I feel like it's a movie that people might know in name, but not in in. Uh, yeah, I actually had no idea what it was about. Either, okay, actually, so I didn't realize like short term twelve is like a, I guess a home for troubled. troubled. Yes. I won't say underprivileged. No, trouble because that, it, that, that encompasses tr- also yes, like it encompasses troubled. abuse. It encompasses um, addictions. It encompasses yes. runaways. There's Ev- all kinds everything. of everything. Yeah. There's all walks of life within this building. And so she actually works. She's like a frontline worker with these people. She's not a psychologist. She's not any of those things. But she's there taking care of these kids and um, on a day to day basis. Um, she's like a den mother. Yeah, basically, she is. and and in this movie, this this movie's, I feel like she's playing a little younger, in this movie. It wasn't all that long ago. It was only uh, two years back, but if you were to tell, like, she at one point in Short Term Twelve, um, she announces that she's pregnant, mm-hmm. and you get the feeling that this might have been Joy five years ago, mm-hmm. right? It, I I wouldn't expect that this woman and Joy are just two years removed no and actually there's a lot of similarities between remind me because it's it's a little foggy in my brain um well i mean obviously in in room her character goes through and suffers through abuse Mm. and in short term 12 her character also suffers from abuse from a let's say a person in in a position that shouldn't be abusing her person of of power so to speak so I found the characters were actually very interlinked. And actually, I wish I'd seen it because I would have asked her whether that kind of really prepared her 
more for what she did in Room, mm-hmm. just because she she did play a character that was tormented, mm-hmm. shall we say? Because I, and and it would be interesting to see how much of her character in Room after the film might be similar to what she is in Short Term Twelve. She's, you know, like like watching these two movies together. First of all, you know, we we talk about this movie as a good place to go on to after Room, but I would actually like really really feel for somebody who watched these two movies in short order mm-hmm. because wow yeah um, there's a lot of emotional impact they're, they're not light no <laughs> well, no room can be lighthearted in places but well but short term 12 is not see it, it, it's <laughs> funny because this this is a bit of a broader question but it's a question i thought about when i thought about these two movies mm-hmm. together is what is the joy in heavy movies like this like i always get people who say mm-hmm. to me how can you watch something like Ida, the, the the Polish film from last year. How can you watch something like that just for kicks? You know, how can you not be watching that because you, you, you know you're tra- you you're assigned to do it, or mm-hmm. you know, like and I, and I say, well, it's hard to explain if you're not into something that, that's that heavy. Uh, I don't. Know. I, I mean, I guess Short Term Twelve. There there were some moments that were. I mean, I think for it's hope, right? It's. Um, I sometimes watch a lot of those movies, and I'm like, wow, like look at the things that other people are are dealing with. Like this is a truth. Like you know, could be around the corner. Could be in any city in the well, world. Both of these stories, this, right? Absolutely. And so, kind of look at what other people are are dealing with. Um, and from both both of those stories have aspects of hope to them mm-hmm. and I think a lot of dark stories do I think there's a lot of light so, that comes from dark movies so approaching them it's it's almost approaching them from an empathetic mm-hmm. uh, you know same thing as, as books like I know a lot of people who they're not just gonna read cheery and sunny books yeah. you know they're, they're gonna read books that where there's betrayal and there's death and there's mm-hmm. you know abuse and that kind of thing but for some reason when we talk about film and we talk about you know we're in an age of Netflix and chill and mm-hmm. why, who's going to Netflix and chill to something like short term dwell well, sometimes you have to challenge yourself too, I, right? I, I guess it's, it's uh, you know it's not about watching The Hangover 50 times like you know ha- no, <laughs> so, and so, some st- sometimes I want that Yeah. sometimes after I've worked my 12 hour shift so I'm like bring on you know the cheesy bring on Sharknado I had a, shark- <laughs> I had a Sharknado night the other night with a friend of mine and and that was fantastic, just what I needed. But sometimes I want something a bit more cerebral than that. Yeah, which is you know, which is where movies like this come into play. In both of these films, she really bears the brunt mm-hmm. of of what's happening to her. And you know, I, I'm always just amazed that juvenile actors, like anybody under thirty, can like get to that place. Which I know it sounds crazy that I'm calling anybody under thirty a juvenile actor, <laughs> but because because we're old. Well, no, it's <laughs> but it's you know. Again, like when we look at her track record, she plays a lot of like Sunny and Chipper yep. girls for Absolutely. for a long time. Like, again, we said she's got a lot of credits, and most of them are really Sunny and bouncy people. Uh, you look at who she plays in. If anybody goes and watches um, a movie that I love her in, a movie that I love, full stop. Um, did you see the Spectacular Now? I did not. It's really good. It's it's Miles Teller not acting like a dick. <sighs> What? It's I know. That happens? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. Like the the, the worm my list right now. The worm turned real <laughs> fast on him, didn't it? He went full of buff real quick. Um, and he'll be watching uh, his own movies. Soon. He will. I guarantee you he'll be we'll be watching a feed of him watching Whiplash in three head. years. I promise you. That kid, we know where this road ends. Um 
But he's the main guy in Spectacular now, and Brie Larson plays the girl who dumps him, um, who just sees what he's going through. He's he's an alcoholic at age eighteen, and she's like, nope. Um, and she's you know she doesn't have a whole lot to do in that movie because it's mostly Miles Teller and uh, Shailene Woodley. Mm-hmm. But her scenes are really really cool. But she's more you know she's playing with a more bright eyed, bushy tailed, mm-hmm. small town girl. So. You know, it's it's that I feel kind like of, I can't picture her like that now. Because I know, right? And again, she's it's, so serious. And it's not that old a movie. I almost want to say that it was the same damn year as Short Term Twelve. And I'm going to look that up while we talk <laughs> because I can. And I'm and you were right. totally right. They are both. They were both in the same summer. She did like three movies that year because she was in Don John as oh, well. I loved that movie. I only saw it once. <laughs> I can't remember who I, I want to say she was was Philip um, she was Joseph Gordon Levitt's bro, uh, sister in that movie. Uh, her, uh, yes, she was. She was. So I, I she doesn't even say anything for the how, majority of. Can the you film. Rem- like, can you, you remember her in that movie? Because I don't. I don't think she says. Which is just like, to say I don't really anything. remember Don John that well. Yeah, I, I I don't think she says much. But it's you know, or um, we saw her this summer in Trainwreck. Yes, that's what I was. I'm like and, I'm pretty sure she was the sister. Yeah, in like, that as well. I I. I love and kind of the straights, like not really funny, like just no the, the straight man. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, when you're in Amy Schumer's presence, just man. steer clear. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, so we get movies like that, and then you get Short Term Twelve, which is uh, it's it's such a raw movie, mm-hmm. um, but such a wonderful movie. Um, Rami Malek, who's yes. the guy who just starts, like it's his first day. Yeah. At short term twelve, and they gotta like tear after somebody who's like trying to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy who's got like eyes the size of garage doors. He sure does, doesn't he? He seeing <laughs> him in this movie was was really really crazy for me because I eye opening. Well, <laughs> oh, that's staying in. That is so staying in. Um, no, it was it was it was really really freakish because I'm used to him in a show that's on right now called Mr. Robot. Yes. Well, Yes, I've seen the ads. Okay. I have not seen the show though. It's, it's but a, I hear it's, it's such I hear a good it's show. Really good. Get on that show. It's so damn good. But he's really much more. Um, I don't want to say he's stoic in that movie. He's almost like Asperger's in that show. So he's much. Kind of more, he can't really. He's much more closed off. In, mm-hmm. in short term twelve, he's a lot warmer mm-hmm. and much more out of his depth. Like it seems like when he gets oh, there, he's he, totally out of his he's, depth. He's you know he has no idea. Yeah, which is kind of again that's kind of cool that you've got. Um, Brie Larson is not a big girl. She's, you know, she's not very, not very tall, not very heavy. So seeing, I'm always kind of impressed when stature is is mm-hmm. basically contradictory because all the guys around her are much bigger than her. A lot of the patients that she's yes. treating some, are much some bigger of the than kids her. Are too. But she, you know, there's she no messing respect. with her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, this was a great call for a movie to go along with this. So thank you for reminding me. To do a lot more things. But yes, maybe not back to back. Like maybe watch like the hangover in between. Them. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I usually end this section with the takeaway. <laughs> so I think the takeaway for short term twelve is it's not like it, it's not gonna, terribly terribly dark, but there are no, dark aspects to it. And yeah, it's, it's you know we're, we're we're painting this movie out to be Schindler's List, and it's not. It's totally not. Totally um, not. No, so definitely check it out. But maybe when it's not you know maybe when it's not your worst day. Yeah. Um, so there we go. Short Term Twelve. It's on Netflix right now. Go see it. It's been on Netflix forever. I swear that's been that came. I hope packaged. it stays on Netflix. I, yeah, you know what? Like I'm gonna they say just that. Just randomly disappear. That would that would be nuts. Um, come on, <laughs> come on back right after this. We're gonna talk about one more movie after one last break. Today was gonna be the day, but they'll never throw it back to you. 
should have somehow realized what you're not to do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. For my choice of the other side, I went back just one short year, about this time last year actually, this movie dropped into our lives. Um, Canadian film from 2014. Uh, directed by Xavier Dolan, um, it's Mommy. Uh, it's a movie about uh, a kid who's about 18 years old, a uh, single mother is raising him, and uh, this kid is not very well adjusted. Um, <laughs> That's putting him mildly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and like, this is where I hope Jacob doesn't, where yeah. I hope Jack doesn't go. You know, that was the thing when Touché. I when I thought about Mommy, I was like, you know. This is where it starts, and I, I really hope that that's not what happens here. <laughs> you just caught up with this movie this week, yeah. On on my behest, yes. How did that go? To, how did that go for you? Uh. After you finally tracked it down, because I sent you to find a movie that was not on Netflix, and not, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but, I like a, yeah. I like a little treasure hunt every yeah. once in a while. You know what? I, re- I I liked the movie more than I thought I was going to at the beginning of it. It okay. had some. We need to talk about Kevin esque. Um, Moments, sure. Although the kid in that movie is much more charismatic. I was gonna say psychotic, but that's oh okay. yeah, oh oh no, he's a bastard. <laughs> this is, this kid's just not, as you say, adjusted to life um, in general. Um, I enjoyed the film. I don't think it was as hopeful no. as um, some of the. As you know, room was or short term twelve, 12 was no. to be honest. So this is this is one of those darker movies that just keeps on giving. Besides the fact that I tasked you to see it, like, did mm. you have expectations going into it as a film that was like a you know a really like something that was highly praised? Yeah, here in totally Canada? highly praised. Uh, like, did you like so? Tans, so were you like, sitting down going darling. like, okay, I'm going to watch Mommy? Like the way some people approach <laughs> seriously because people approach films like 2001 or Citizen Kane and they have a preconception. Sure. And sometimes a film can get a preconception on it. Yep. Really damn fast. Did you like? Did, so that was the thing. Did you approach it thinking, okay, here we go? Or, or did you like? No. Did you just let it go? You I just... think I just let it go. Okay. I I was um, and I, I think the only thing I've seen of his recently is the Adele um, music video. Yeah. Which um, there's also a flip phone in this movie for those of you that got really upset about Adele's <laughs> flip phone. <laughs> yeah, I did notice that. Um, so, um, no, I didn't have. I, I expect something that's done well at Cannes, I guess, to you know have a certain pretentiousness yeah i guess yeah you know like you see that little laurel leaf you see that little palm door sticker on the poster (laughs) and you get a whole other preconception i used to know a guy who said like when he bought books he always looked for books with the little gold stickers on. you know but i think with with can with that little gold palm door sticker on your poster sometimes that can be the kiss of death it, it can it can go either way really because they, they sometimes award things to very odd films that yeah. aren't my cup of tea yeah. but actually this this one was very I was gonna say, in, in a certain in a certain way like you dug this movie yeah okay you I may did. you may not be anxious to come back to it the way I you don't would. think that I would come back to it which has been that's been my approach like I don't, I, I don't need to I skimmed it to refresh my memory for this show but I it's not one I'd buy it's no. not one I'd, I'd like just throw I the, don't need a repeat viewing no but, but it's that's not to take away from its power at all because it's a very very powerful movie and there's uh, some really cool artistic little things in it that so, I enjoyed okay so you know Room is a very claustrophobic movie because we're in that 
for for its beginning anyway like for sure. the, for, the, for the first half because we're in that shed the whole damn yeah. time and this is a movie where the claustrophobia is kind of a whole other way because even though <laughs> even though the no seriously the director though, forces you into claustrophobia he does because even though like the mother lives in a reasonable home reasonable mm-hmm. like one income home sure. and, and they got lots of space and everything like that but he crops it square. He mm-hmm. basically crops it like an Instagram photo. And it was weird because at the beginning, and I was watching it on my iPad at the beginning, and I was like, why is it doing this? Why can't I make this full screen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I literally looked for the first five minutes of the film to figure out why it wasn't bigger. Yeah, which I imagine a lot of people, <laughs> that, that is going to screw with a lot of people. Yeah. They're going to be like wailing on their TV buttons. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine like the first few people to see it in the theater wondering what was going on yeah. with their screen. Absolutely. Um, what, but then it became this really cool device. But I was going to say, like, did it did it work for you as a device? Because I, I know it. a lot of people who say like, no, that's a gimmick. Forget that. It was gimmicky, but I loved it. Okay. Um, I just because I was like, oh, I get what you're doing here. Like when he goes, he, it's a really awesome scene where like the screen does open up. Yeah. And it's very obvious that that's what he's going for because mm-hmm. he makes the character do it. But it's it was so neat. And then I couldn't actually remember because there's places back in the movie where it gets cropped again and gets big and gets cropped and gets big. And sometimes I couldn't remember when it had changed. It's usually any any time. There's there's a few moments where the character, very few moments where the characters experience profound joy. Yeah, and it's usually the three of them, the three main characters together. Yeah, and everything was big. But then I was like, oh, when did it get small again? I well, didn't you, but you, it. I was gonna say, but you wouldn't, right? Like, yeah. it, it's kind of like, how did we get in this rut? That was really neat. I yeah. was like, oh, I didn't notice that exact moment when it flipped. Yeah, I didn't, and I, I thought that was cool. Um, I like in both this movie and in Mommy, I like the idea of representing the parental relationship across genders. Um, I think that mothers and daughters and fathers and sons have a have a very particular relationship that's usually you know if nothing else informed by i've been on your track kid i know Mm -hmm. exactly where you're going or i know where i want you to go because this is where i went wrong and i think that that's really really ingrained and something that the other side doesn't get right like i'm not going to take anything away from fathers and daughters or mothers and sons but i think that when it's the same sex that there's an understanding there or or a, a hope of an understanding and that's why you see so many movies mm-hmm. where it's either a father and son or a mother and a daughter. Um, mother and son, I actually kind of had to do some digging. There's not a boatload of movies where that's the main crux. Really? Yeah. You know, like, put Psycho aside for a minute. Um, or, you know, it, it's it's usually, it's, it's, it's incidental. There's not mm-hmm. a whole lot where it's the main driving force of just looking at the relationship. Um... You got two here. You got two mothers and two sons between Room and this one. And, you know, I, I feel like I feel like there's a parallel mm-hmm. between them. Um, which, in, in a way, I kind of actually, like we were saying, I can kind of see this being <laughs> where really Joy and Jack end I up. I really hope it's not. I really hope not. <laughs> I really but hope you see what not. I'm saying? Like, like, you, you, you know, I... I I can totally see it. I just, I, it's I the just, worst I case wanna, scenario. I, it, like, I don't want to think of it that way. No, but, <laughs> but am I like, am I off my mind, or, or is there like kind of like something special between like mothers and sons, fathers, daughters, that there's not when it's the same sex? Um, do you want personal experience? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm much closer with my dad. Okay. Than I am with my mom. Really? So yeah, 
So, I mean, I, I think I kind of like seeing that. Um, Are you more similar to your screen. father? Yes. In personality? So maybe yes. that's part of it? Yeah. Um, you know, it's and that could be part of it, too, is sometimes it's it's the cross uh, gender relationship that, that establishes itself more or that mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're closer to. Um, which, yeah, I don't know why that's not always in film quite as much. Because same things with, like, father-daughter. I, I, I could be completely... I was say, like, what's the last father-daughter film? Like, right? I could seeing? be completely blanking on this, but I really don't think I am. I can name you a dozen mother-daughter movies. I can sure. name you a dozen father-son movies, even more, of course, because, you know, hey, guys. Um, <laughs> but going, you know, crossing the wires is, is really, really strange, really even though, like, you know, you're saying, I'm... Don't get me wrong. I love my dad deeply. I'm yeah. closer to my mom just because of the way we communicate, mm -hmm. right? And and I feel like that's something that's not represented in film quite as much. No. Well, now I'm intrigued to find a father daughter film because it, it, you're right. Like it's all mother. It's all mother daughter. It's all, and they're either worst enemies or best friends. Yeah. And that's that's it. Those are the two. Yeah. Things that you can be. Yeah. In film. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a um, no, and then you know we um, maybe someone out there knows a movie. That's probably I was gonna say somebody's Someone's somebody's like gonna, yelling at their gonna, headphones right now, saying we're like complete <laughs> idiots for not thinking of this. Um, what did you now? You know we were again just before we kind of rolled here. We were talking about there's a crazy scene in this movie where the mother, her best friend, and the son who is um, named Steve. Mm -hmm. um, do a long sequence where they're dancing around and hanging out and playing. <laughs> To a Celine, the Celine Dion, Dion song. song, and you were saying like, okay, so first of all, like you know, we're Canadian, but we're not fans of Celine Dion. I respect your talent and everything like that. Totally respect your talent, but yeah. not my cup of tea. No. Um, but how did that work for you? Like, were you ready to get on with it? Were you getting what they were going for, or because those scenes, I I know people who don't like those kinds of scenes. Um, that one besides when the song didn't bother me. Okay. <laughs> the song I was about ready to be like I'm totally done with this now. right um, but I think that was important for the friends Ky Kyla is it Kyla yeah I think it was more an important scene for her how because it's when she kind of really starts to open up mm. you know they're like oh let your you know you start singing look at her gospel go or something I think yeah. they, they mentioned um, and you can kind of see a, a release in her that I think needed that long to. Did to you come to um, a movie we talked about on the show back in the winter? Um, did you ever see Girlhood? No. Um, it's a French movie that came out earlier this year. Um, it's one of these ones that's like oh, I can picture the poster for it. Yeah, it's it's actually similar <laughs> to the poster for Mommy because it's got the necklace, yes. right? It's got the gold necklace with the word. Yeah. Um, and. It's uh, it's got a similar scene where this girl is hanging out with like a new band of friends, and they happen to be um, in a hotel room, and the friends are, are lip syncing along. I think they are, might even be singing out. Actually, I think they are singing out to a Rihanna song, mm -hmm. and the whole song plays. And you got <laughs> and you got to watch or just kind of watch them and watch them and watch them and eventually join in. And I've talked to people who were like, that was a long time to dedicate to one song. It's yeah. not long; it's like four minutes. But same sort, same sort of thing that you're saying, mm -hmm. like in this movie where you see Kyla take an entire song to really let herself out, mm -hmm. you see that in Girlhood as well. And I, you know, kind of the same thing. Like with 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 family, sometimes you see that little. You need to let something breathe. Mm 
No, it's it's crazy. Did anything else about the movie like that you <laughs> took a few settings to get through uh, <laughs> jump out at you? Um. Does anything jump out at me? Or just the, the just that it stuck with you, like if you were talking about the movie, like to your friends or something like that. Um, I found myself feeling exceedingly frustrated during the film, just at him. Like I just I felt like so mad. He he tests your patience, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Like he tested my patience in in maybe. Uh, I, I'm not sure who the actor is or, or what what else he's done, but I'm like, God, have I ever seen you in anything? And am I gonna want to? Because you just now graded, like graded me so badly. Um, he, you know, I just kind of want to smack you a little bit, but. Um, which it, like <laughs> it's just, like you know when you know what's the thing so is so not apropos to say, but I'm just no like, no no, you know but. The, what? I just like snap out of it. Yeah, but here's the thing: like, it's really hard again to make you want to smack the person, but not make you want to turn the movie off. Like, I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of actors and there's a lot of characters who who bother you so much that you just got to get out. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's, that it's, wasn't that wasn't this movie. No. 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 Definitely not. Um, I found it interesting. Like, I really enjoyed the relationship between Kyla and Steve. And how they kind of brought out the calmness in each other. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a lot of backstory to Kyla that they don't really tell you, but you presume has happened based on some inferences. Scenes and yeah. Inferences. Um, but they they bring out this, yeah, sense of calm, I guess, mm-hmm. in one another, where they can both do better, yeah. which is interesting, because. That doesn't happen between Steve and his mom. No, no. There's, there's like, it's, it's kind of funny that this movie is shot in a square because there's an awful lot going on in those dark spaces that you mm-hmm. just kind of, you kind of think about in the movie. Like, you know, you mentioned that Adele video. This movie is a lot more of that. There are some scenes in this movie that are just breathtaking and not even just in the gimmicky stretching out the screen kind of way, but in a really, really artistic capture that, yeah, if you want to know what Xavier Dolan is capable of, watch that video for hello and think about for a second that somebody shot a music video using IMAX cameras high and then you know go into some of his movies like Mommy or Tom at the Farm Um, or I'm gonna watch uh, Lawrence anyways probably tonight which he also shot Square Um, (laughs) he really really likes Square he does and it's it's not it's It's uh, (laughs) well the flip phone you know the flip phone and Mommy I get because I don't think that she would have the money for like the newest tech he's actually said in an interview he does it because he doesn't want everything to seem like it's right in the moment he wants to take you away from being in reality and put you in another time yeah which is cool which is is totally cool and and then you can kind of extrapolate onto it why does this person still have a flip phone right Mm -hmm. you know why does that person still use a walkman whatever it happens to be you know and, and make up your own story for the tech um for me the biggest takeaway from mommy that i also kind of saw a little bit of in room is the idea of asking for help mm-hmm. because we all want to be a hero and we all want to, you know, show that we are super dad and super mom and that we can do it by ourselves. And sometimes you get really deep down a rabbit hole and there's just no other way out. And I really feel like in both, like you see it in room, like you see her begrudgingly taking her parents' help. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't want to. Like she, you can see that after a while, she really just wants to get out of that house yeah. and get to her own thing. She wants to make it. You know, in in mommy, she really just wants to be the champ. She doesn't want to have to ask the neighbors for help or have anybody else take care of her son. She just wants to do it. But at the same time, like, 
we're just we're not all built that way and we don't all have that kind of relationship with our kids so i really think that that's the kind of takeaway from movies like mommy and uh and room um but that is episode 146 of the matinee cast come on back i'm going to try and turn one over on short rest monday november 23rd for episode 147 we'll be discussing spotlight which you saw at tiff and you really dug so i'm looking forward to catching up with it hey want to come back in a week we'll do another show let's probably talk about spotlight of course you will i love um, Hillary Butler can be found at liveforfilms.com. Do you have anything coming up this week that you want to plug? Yeah, this is kind of a new like liaison for me. So like I seriously just bought myself a nice new writing desk. So I'm hoping to be getting some more writing done. I recently just did the Steam Jobs Cool. So we'll, uh, people can look for that at liveforfilms.com. And if, uh, if people want to follow you on Twitter, I know you don't tweet too much, but uh, yes. where can they find you? I'm at Penny.Hill. Very nice. <laughs> you know, it isn't for most of us. <laughs> I know. My site is thematinee.ca for audio content. You can find back episodes by going to thematinee.ca slash podcasting. You can also find me on Stitcher Radio, uh, Blueberry, Pocket Cast, Apple's Podcast, and in the iTunes Store. Everything gives you a subscribe for free and get alerts when new episodes uh, feedback on Room, Mommy, or Short Term 12 can be left in the comment section of the site. You can email ryan at thematinee.ca, Twitter, where I'm matinee underscore ca, and facebook.com slash darkmatinee. That is the most well-behaved dog in the whole wide world. She didn't bark for you, No, I know, right? It's like, people are gonna, people are not, not gonna, gonna believe your man, so. that she was, like, she didn't, she didn't, like, huff. She didn't, like, no, there's no color on her that jingled. We have been audited this whole time by, like, it's such a cute thing that I just don't even want to let her leave. She's now washing her face like a cat. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> Which you know. Which makes no sense at all. Yeah, well, for, uh, for Lola and Hillary, I'm Ryan. We'll see you at the matinee. Bye.